Match day four delivered its fair share of shocks as the UEFA Champions League kicked back into action on Halloween. In Glasgow, Celtic gave Bayern an almighty scare, but the five-time winners struck late to seal victory. Javi Martinez, wonderful header, and Bayern restore their lead. He's got a face full of blood for his pains after a clash of heads, but he made it count. So that goal secured Bayern's progression through to the round of 16, along with their free-scoring Group B rivals Paris Saint-Germain. Meanwhile in Rome, it was a night to forget for Chelsea. Perotti, 25 metres out! Whoa, that's a great finish by Diego Perotti! And that surely is going to send Roma top of Group C! Elsewhere, there were wins for Manchester United and Tieska Moskva, but surprisingly, Barcelona, Juventus and Atletico were all held to draws. We'll bring you all the analysis and reaction to the night's matches. We'll hear from Jose Mourinho, Brendan Rodgers and Thibaut Courtois. Plus, we'll preview Wednesday's games, including Tottenham's encounter with Real Madrid and Manchester City's trip to Napoli. So stay with us right here on the official UEFA Champions League podcast. Welcome to the show, I'm Rob Daly and alongside me this evening is European football expert Andy Brassel. Andy, two teams through, we had loads of late drama as well, not bad at all. Yeah, and it could have been many more teams through tonight, of course, Rob, but a few surprises along the way, uh, most notably in Switzerland with uh, Basel. I don't think a lot of people expected Roma to be so strong against Chelsea, and of course there were the results at Olympiacos, Sporting, and that one against Atletico, which I guess was uh, one of the standouts of the evening. We're going to get to that as well, a reminder of all the scores. Uh, from Tuesday's match day four games, Group A, Manchester United 2, Benfica 0, Basel 1, Siska Moskva 2, Group B, Celtic 1, Bayern 2, Paris Saint-Germain 5, and Lake 0. Group C, Roma 3, Chelsea 0, Atletico 1, Carabag 1, and in Group D, Olympiacos 0, Barcelona 0, Sporting 1, Juventus 1. Well, let's start our review of Tuesday's action with that raucous affair at Celtic Park. John Bradley describes the action. And here is the ball forward, and Bayern could find a way through. Gordon's gone from home, and it's in the back of the net from Kingsley Coleman, who got away and beat the offside trap. Craig Gordon came, he couldn't beat him, and with three Celtic players back, Coleman kept his calm, he kept his cool, and he's fired Bayern Munchen in front. Here's Forrest, again advancing, again running through, and here comes the chance, and Celtic are level! It just broke so kindly. And the finish was by Callum McGregor, the man brought in tonight to fire goals from midfield. With Alaba to the byline on the left-hand side, he's crossed left-footed. Javi Martinez, wonderful header, and Bayern restore their lead. He's got a face full of blood for his pains after a clash of heads, but he made it count, and the bloodied warrior Javi Martinez has put Bayern back in front. Well, it was almost a fitting image seeing Javi Martinez covered in blood on Halloween, uh, but Bayern get the result they wanted. Alongside myself and Andy Brassel is John Bradley. John, did Bayern deserve their victory at Celtic Park? I think it would be perhaps taking it a step too far to say that they deserved the win. I think Celtic were outstanding. We've seen them on so many of these big nights at Celtic Park really turn up and 
give their supporters a massive display. They've, they've beaten Manchester United, they've beaten Barcelona, they've beaten Milan here down recent years, and they very nearly beat Bayern München tonight. They came out of the traps very quickly. They nearly got in front through Stuart Armstrong. David Alaba denied them a goal as well with a fine defensive clearance, all before Kingsley Coman just capitalised on a bit of indecision at the back and rounded the goalkeeper and finished. And Bayern who, without Robert Lewandowski and Thomas Muller, played without a striker, never really were at their fluid best, I think, tonight. And Celtic were always in the game. And when they got the equaliser with, uh, what, 13 minutes to go through Callum McGregor, you thought they've deserved that. But, you know, buying such a strong team, such good players, they got such an outstanding winner. David Alaba down the left-hand side and his cross just about eight metres out. And, and Javi Martinez put everything on the line and managed to get up above near Beaton. They clashed heads after the header had gone into the back of the net and both ended up with faces full of blood and, and what a bloody hero Javi Martinez is for Bayern. They're through, of course, with this victory tonight, but my oh my, did they have to work hard for it. They certainly did, and one man will know that, the Celtic manager, Brendan Rodgers. Well, I think the performance was what was outstanding. Um, naturally, we're disappointed with the result, especially the, 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 the way in which we conceded the two goals. Um, but I think you see clear improvement you know, uh, of a Scottish team playing at this level, against that level of opponent, the confidence that we showed and, uh, and how we were always in the game. So uh, very proud of the team and, and how they played, and, but naturally we're disappointed not to have lost the game. Can't argue with anything Brendan Rodgers said there, Andy, to be honest. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, normally you expect if it was a narrow defeat for Celtic, us to be trotting out cliches about fighting hard and all the rest of yeah. it. You, you hit the nail on the head. They, they played with great quality. And, um, you know, I think you look at those some of those developing players like um, Stuart Armstrong, Callum McGregor, uh, James Forrest, who I thought was excellent. Um, throughout tonight. Scott Sinclair maybe didn't have his, his strongest game and, and Moussa Dembele, who carried them on a, a few occasions last season, didn't have to because the all-round performance was was so, so good tonight. Um, th there's a lot to be proud of and there's there's a lot to build on and they, they should be heading for the UEFA Europa League. Uh, Lothar Matthias, of course, former Bayern captain on Sky TV in Germany, has said Celtic showed a completely different side to their game compared to Munich. They had more chances, pushed forward more and attacked Bayern. He also pointed to the lack of Lewandowski in a centre forward tonight. John, to what extent do you think that affected the, the German champions and the way they played? I think that uh, obviously they, they lost Robert Lewandowski at the weekend, so they knew it was going to be tough for them. And, and they came here and, and jiggled things around a little bit. Uh, and playing Hammers Rodriguez, he never played as a centre forward. He played you know almost in midfield and it, it was almost what you'd say a, a 4 2 four, zero, with, <laughs> yeah. with no one really you know you'd see Kingsley Coman at the top you'd see Robin going through the middle Arturo Vidal was there at times um, and Talisa at one stage was the centre forward but Ames Rodriguez so it, it becomes hard for them because they don't have a focal point you know Lewandowski brings so much to them by becoming the man who can hold the ball up bring other players in and I think you only appreciate what he brings to a team when he's not there. And I think we saw that from Bayern. Yeah, and in the defensive sense as well, the ball kept coming straight back mm. at them because there was no one to hold it. And that really made a difference in the second half. Are we surprised? I mean, there was rumours of a second striker that Bayern may sign and they were unfortunate that Muller's injured. But are we surprised they don't really have another centre forward on the books that they have faith in? Well, you know, bearing in mind a certain type of striker. I think. I think uh, sorry, Andy. I think the problem that you've got is when you've got someone that you focus and rely on so heavily in Robert Lewandowski that the supporters and the club would only expect 
a top tier blue chip striker to come in. And why now, would they it, want to play back up? Exactly. And why would you, if you are a top tier striker? A lot of clubs have had this. Like Chelsea have had this. Tottenham with Harry Kane. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, very difficult to find someone who will happily come in and play second fear, especially someone who is at the top of their game, which is the market that Bayern shopping. OK, are we, are we seeing an... Uh, it's hard to really gauge from Bayern tonight, but are we seeing an improvement in them under your Heinkers? I almost feel like writing this game off in terms of assessing where we are with Heinkers Bayern. There's such a small sample size. Yeah. What, what I would say is it's clear um, they're more focused. Um, I think we've seen the press in in other games that we've, we've, we've not seen necessarily under Carlo Ancelotti. What I thought was such a positive tonight, after they conceded that goal to, to Callum McGregor and they were rocking a little bit, the bravery, and not just the manner of the goal, of course, by Javi Martinez, who, has, as we say, has been a, a key player all the way through for Jupp Heynckes, including in his, his previous spell and in the UEFA Champions League win in 2012-2013. In mm. But the fact that they showed the appetite to come back and, and win it when other sides might have settled for a draw. Okay, so Bayern go to uh, Anderlecht next. For Paris Saint-Germain, they've beaten Anderlecht 5-0 tonight because that was a hat-trick, unlikely. We didn't really expect that, John. But both Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern have gone through. So now we've got a situation with Celtic out of the UEFA Champions League that it's going to be who wins the group now is now Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern. And Bayern finished runners-up in the group last season and, and played Arsenal, didn't they? Who'd mm. won their group uh, for the first time in years. Uh, of course, this year they can't play Arsenal like they do every other year in the UEFA Champions League. I think that the way the group is looking, you know, it's going to be very unlikely that Bayern are going to overhaul Paris because they just look so phenomenal, infallible, that they're just powerful, yeah. that... You know, at the moment, if you're going to say who's the favourites for the UEFA Champions League, you would say Paris because they look so strong. I know Ooh, it's cool. three months a long yeah, no, time like from it. the winter break and a lot changes. We've seen it in recent years when Real Madrid have started or Barcelona have started and then come February when it all starts again, you know, your opinion changes. But today as it stands, you would say Paris are the dominant force of the UEFA Champions League. I like it. Big calls on the show, John. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I noticed Andy said nothing. What you we'll, we'll come back to the phone. Okay, we'll come back to it. John, I'm going to get your thoughts on Tiesca Moskva in a moment, and we'll get your man of the match as well from Celtic Bayern. Uh, a reminder, Wednesday the 22nd of November, Celtic go to Paris Saint-Germain. Lost 5-0 to them on match day one, of course. Anderlecht host Bayern next. Uh, let's turn our attention to Group C. Our second feature match saw Chelsea in the Italian capital to take on Roma. Mike Sewell watch this one for match day live. Now it's forward towards Edin Dzeko. Might fall on the edge of the area. What a finish! What a fantastic finish by Stefan El Shirawi. 38 seconds in, and Roma take the lead. What a blistering start. Oh, Chelsea leave it. It's pushed through. It's 2-0. And guess who scored again? Stefan El Shirawi. There'll be an inquest in the Chelsea defence because nobody took responsibility. And so Stefan El Shirawi said, well, I'll have it. Thank you very much. Perotti infield, 25 metres out. Whoa, that's a great finish by Diego Perotti. And that surely is going to send Roma top of Group C. Roma three, Chelsea nil. What a result for Roma, who have scored six times in two games. 
against one of the best defences in European football. Mike Shaw was watching that one for us and he joins us now. Uh, Mike, I'm guessing with that scoreline, it's hard to argue that Roma deserved the win there. Mm, they didn't look like the best defence in, uh, in European football tonight, Chelsea. No, you can't argue against it. In fact, in some respects, they should have won by more. Perotti had a really good chance after he got that third goal and then Courtois made two fine saves, the second of which was, was excellent from Costas Manolas to keep the score down in the end. I mean, it, it's a very surprising result. We, did, we expected Roma to feel confident that they could get something from Chelsea tonight maybe it would be a tighter affair than at Stamford Bridge when it finished 3-3 and was much more open but it, it, we weren't expecting this and basically um, Chelsea were just I don't know how to describe them really lukewarm in the first half and just cold in the second half uh, Roma were dominant from the from the um, start of the second period and in the first half took their chances. El Shirawi in particular just bang, bang, 2-0. And once Perotti had scored, it was pretty much game over. You couldn't see Chelsea coming back. And of course, they've got a huge game this weekend against Manchester United in the English Premier League. Not to mention, they've now got to get results in their last two matches in, in Group C, having known that if they'd won this game, they would have been through. Now as it is, Roma need a point and they're through. Spot on. Uh, let's hear from Roma's midfielder, Kevin Strutman. It's a really special night. Uh, before the game, you, we knew that the stadium would be full, that, we, that it's going to be a special game because last year we worked so hard to arrive in the Champions League and we reached it. And now we played, I think, a fantastic game. We fight, we fight uh, till the end for 90 minutes. All the players, even the guys who were on the bench for the whole week, we were working for this game. And if you get a result like this, it's, uh, it's really good for the club, for the, for the supporters, for the players, for everybody. Mike, we talked about uh, Roma's strength in midfield before the start, the fact that De Rossi and Nainggolan had had a, a rest at the weekend against Crotone because they've got that deeper squad depth this season constructed by Monchi. How important was that extra rest for Nainggolan and I guess most importantly, De Rossi? Yeah, well, it showed. I, th I mentioned at the end of the game that De Rossi ran more kilometres than anybody else. And this is a guy who's 34 years of age. He's the senior in the team, he's the captain. But he kept everything very organised in that central midfield role, supported either flank by Nangalan and Strootman, who were very, very solid. And of course, up front, they had the likes of Shirawi, Dzeko and Perotti. But they were, they were very solid from, from front to back. Chelsea didn't really force, I think, one decent save maybe out of uh, Becker from uh, Marcus Alonso. Uh, but really, it was a very composed, a very controlled performance from Roma. And now, I mean, what's to say? If they win the group and they get a favourable draw in the round of 16, should they get there? Well, there might be a good shout for an outside bet to get to the latter stages, especially on this performance. And, and, and they just got better and better um, from the game at Stamford Bridge to this one at the Stadio Olimpico. OK, let's hear from, uh, let's get the Chelsea perspective now. In fact, let's hear from their goalkeeper, Thibaut Courtois. Well, I think we knew uh, Rome would start with intensity uh, and we had to equal it. Uh, but uh, and after 50 seconds, a long ball, uh, second ball, and El Sharawi uh, scores a screamer, I think. But it's unfortunate that after 50 seconds, you're down 1-0. Uh, then you know in halftime it was tough, but we felt good because I think we played well in the first half. But then I don't know why in the second half, we dropped our, our fighting spirit, we dropped our mentality a bit, and that cannot happen, of course. Nothing he could really do about any of the goals, really sensational strikes to beat Courtois tonight. 
Uh, Mike, some of the, the highlights I've been watching back, it's just crazy defending from Chelsea at times from a, a back three that didn't quite have the functionality of the back three we saw last season. No, not at all. I mean, it, Gary Cahill came off in the second half. I, I, it looked to me that like Antonio Rudiger, who was obviously playing against his former club, looked very edgy throughout. And it has to go down as, a, as an error by him, his hesitation, which allowed El Shirawi to make it 2-0. But neither Rudiger, Luis, nor Cahill looked particularly comfortable at the back during the course of the evening. Um, of the, the back five, so to speak, only Alonso kind of made things happen on the left-hand side once or twice. But in that central midfield area, um, because Conte had committed to playing quite an attack-minded team with Pedro, Morata and Hazard, I think it put a lot of strain on Fabregas and Bakayoko. What would have been useful tonight was if it had a fully fit Kante in the middle, yeah, maybe. That would have made a difference. Clearly, he's not fully fit because he's been out for a month, and even though he travelled, he wasn't involved at all. Um, but the three of Roma basically outplayed the, the, those two central players for Chelsea in the midfield. Uh, thanks, Mike. We'll get your man of the match shortly. Good news for Chelsea tonight, I suppose, is that Atletico and Carabag have drawn 1-1. Michel the Spaniard gave Carabag the lead with a fine header that Oblak could not keep out uh, before Atletico did manage to find themselves an equaliser from uh, Thomas Partey. But Carabag, um, they, they showed real character, resolve, and defensively they, they held out against Atletico in the end, Andy. They really did. And um, it, it was a, a tremendous team performance. And they really set the tone for that, laid the foundations in, in the first half. Um, by the way they played, they, they, they took the game to Atletico when they could. Um, there was an onslaught after the break, as, as you would expect. Mm. But it's not Atletico's strength, really, going after the game. And that's um, something we saw, um, you know, they, they rode their luck a little bit, Karabakh, and, you know, there were some close chances right at the end from Nico Gaetan, could have been the winner, um, but it was, it, was, it was a good save in, in the end. Um, but it's, it's been a concern for Atletico for a while, the fact that they've looked a little bit predictable, and that's been the case uh, domestically as well, and it's really just a, a hangover of their domestic problems. They've, they've struggled to really get on top of teams, especially in the last couple of home games at the Metropolitano against Villarreal and Barcelona. I think they've drawn five of their last six in all competitions, Atletico. And it's part of the reason that they find themselves third in Group C, Roma top with eight points, Chelsea with seven. And next up, Chelsea go to Carabag, having beaten them 6-0, and Atletico host Roma. Uh, it's a Group D now, Andy. Goalless between Olympiacos and Barcelona. Loads of chances for Barca, Messi, Suarez and co. Couldn't find a way through. Good news for Barcelona, I suppose, is the Juventus have dropped points tonight. A 1-1 draw at uh, Sporting in this group now. Barcelona in firm control on top with 10 points. They haven't quite qualified yet. No, they haven't. And I, I tend to think if there's um, a disappointment for Sporting that they didn't hang on to that lead given to them by Bruno Cesar with, of course, Gonzalo Higuain getting a very fine equaliser, um, it will be tempered by that Olympiacos point against Barcelona because it means on match day five, when Juventus hosts Barcelona, Barcelona could do with getting something from that game. Of course, uh, they don't only want to qualify um, and seal qualification in Turin. They want to uh, top the group. So that gives Sporting a little window to, to try and catch up with their game five against Olympiacos, which is in Lisbon. And, you know, I think 
if Sporting do finish third, you look at them, you look at the fact that Atletico are in trouble at, at, at the moment, you look at the way Celtic have performed tonight. I mean, it's at this stage that not only we get to figure out who the qualifiers are, but who the teams who are heading for the UEFA yeah. Europa League are going to be. And it's going to look like an exceptionally strong field when it resumes in February, it seems. Sporting will still have outside ambitions of sneaking a top two spot. And they, they host will. Olympiacos next, Wednesday the 22nd of November. Uh, Manchester United have been beaten Benfica 2-0. Bizarre game at Old Trafford, uh, in truth. We'll tell you about it in, uh, in a moment. First, let's hear from the United camp. Their manager, Jose Mourinho. But first, central midfielder Nemanja Matic. Benfica played well, very well tonight. But, uh, yeah, we showed character and we, we managed to score two goals, which was good for us and to, to keep clean sheet. And I hope that our, our supporters have enjoyed this, this evening. We didn't qualify yet? Not yet. Four victories and, and it's not enough. So, we must get that point. We must get that point. Two matches, we must get that one. I think Jose Mourinho was being, the news broke to him at that moment there, but United haven't quite qualified. Mille Svila, the 18-year-old goalkeeper of Benfica, Andy, like he was on match day three, he was at the centre of everything really that happened in this game. And very unfortunate as well, making a, a terrific penalty save from uh, Anthony Martial and, and then scoring an own goal for the opener, though. It was one of those own goals that should have a little asterisk next to it in the scorebook. I Not mean, his it was, fault. Exactly. <laughs> it was a shot, very good shot by Nemanja Matic from some 20, 25 metres, hit the inside of the post and came back and hit the diving Tzvila on, on, the, on the back and, and, and went in. Um, later he faced another penalty, a bit of a dispute over who was going to take it. Daly Blint stepped to the front, made it his and scored in, in some style, which was good because as Nemanja Matic was saying there himself, Benfica did perform very well. They had some chances, some good saves from David De Gea, notably a couple, notably a couple he made from Diogo Gonçalves. Uh, Raul Jimenez hit the outside of the post, but still, it's going to be tough for them. But interestingly, of course, before they go to Moscow on match day five, Benfica are not technically out of it, despite having a very poor start. Bizarre. And uh, it's bizarre, really, that United haven't gone through Kosiska Moskva, John Bradley, 1-2-1 one, one at Basel, coming from behind. Pontus Fernbloom, normally booked, not normally <laughs> scoring goals for, for the Russian club. A man who wears his heart on his sleeve and a huge goal for the club tonight. Uh, they'd only scored two in the previous eight games combined, so two goals tonight, absolutely huge. And let's send our congratulations as well to the Berezutsky twins who tonight completed a 1,000 games combined oh, for wow. Siska. 511 games for Vasily, 489 for Alexi. <laughs> it's a phenomenal achievement. They'll have to stop at some point, <laughs> but they'll keep going for now. And Siska Moskva still in the hunt for around a 16 spot. They looked dead and buried roughly an hour ago. So Manchester United, top of that group, 12 points. On the brink of qualifying, uh, Basel, Siska Moskva both have six. Benfica yet to get off the mark. Basel host Manchester United next. Benfica will travel to the Russian capital. Uh, still to come, we're going to preview Wednesday's Match Day 4 fixtures. European football is more diverse and multicultural than ever. Our competitions and grassroots projects feature players and fans from all backgrounds. And for UEFA, it's important to communicate that football is for all. Respect is a social responsibility initiative launched in 2008. For the last four years, this initiative has featured the message, no to racism. 
UEFA is now evolving and expanding this message in an effort to promote inclusion, diversity and accessibility across not only ethnicity but also gender, age, sexual orientation, all abilities and social backgrounds. The new campaign gives all football lovers in Europe a voice to share what football means to them. The new Respect campaign is called Equal Game. Because everyone is entitled to enjoy football, no matter who you are, where you're from or how you play. On the pitch, we're all the same. This is Matchday Live with me, Rob Daly. Let's turn our attention to Wednesday's action now. Our featured match sees Mauricio Pochettino and Tottenham Hotspur host the holders Real Madrid at Wembley. The main team news surrounds the fitness of star striker Harry Kane. So what are the chances of the Spurs frontman starting tomorrow evening? I don't want to say 100% sure about that decision because we have one day more and today was and yesterday was good on the training and, and now it's with the medical staff and, and everyone uh, to, try, to try to take the, the right decision because it's important to take the right decision for tomorrow. Uh, Spurs boss Mauricio Pochettino there, our commentator for this one, Phil Blacker, joins us now. Phil, if, if Harry Kane doesn't play, it's a massive loss again as we saw at the weekend. It is, Rob, isn't it? Yeah, good evening. A huge loss. They, they showed that, didn't they, in that defeat at, uh, at Old Trafford at the weekend. So integral to this team. Everybody knows that. If there is uh, any chance of getting him out there, then I'm, I'm pretty sure we will see him tomorrow. From what Maurizio Pochettino was just saying, I think the, the indication is that as long as there's no reaction uh, to the training session today, then he probably will be in that starting eleven, which is going to be uh, huge news for Tottenham. Really positive to see him out there training today. Uh, it's a difficult situation for them knowing that they're, they're struggling for goals without Harry Kane, but when you have a player of his quality, of course he's going to make a major difference with the added bonus tomorrow of uh, Dele Alli being available again after suspension for the, uh, the first time, of course, this season in the UEFA Champions League. And Phil, what about Real Madrid? A first away defeat of the season at uh, Girona on, on Sunday, finishing their, their, their perfect away record. Um, where do they go from here? Because they've got a few uh, little problems in defence in terms of injury with uh, Rafael Varane not playing. Yeah, Varane is going to be the, the big miss. They've been without Danny Carvajal, of course, as well recently. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how they respond to that, that shot set back at uh, Girona. Eight points off the pace now set by Barcelona at the top domestically. Um, of course, their record in the UEFA Champions League so far is identical to that of Tottenham. Therefore, the pressure is a little bit off both teams, they can both have a really good go for it at Wembley, knowing that the, the winner goes through. It's as uh, simple as an equation as that. But of course, since that first meeting, that really important point, impressive point that, that Tottenham picked up at the Bernabeu, both sides have suffered domestic disappointments. Tottenham as well going out of the league count, that, uh, that loss against Manchester United. But those are, are tight games that could have gone either way. The shock one is that Real Madrid defeat. So both teams with uh, a little bit to prove in that respect. Phil, look forward to your company tomorrow. Phil Blacker be our commentator for Spurs against Real Madrid. Dortmund take on Apple in the same group. Must win for Dortmund. Talk that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang might be rested for Alexander Isak for the game. Would be very surprised indeed. Our other feature match sees Manchester City in Italy to take on Napoli. John Beck will be watching this one for UEFA.com and he joins us on the show, uh, on the show now. Jonathan Beck, City uh, top of the Premier League. They're looking very good, but that's a tough game away at Napoli. It is, yeah, and they lost their last appearance in San Paolo as well. David Silva was talking about it today, about not having great memories, but wanting to put them right. You'd think, with both sides having fairly identical records in the league, both dropping just a couple of points. Uh, City with those nine wins, 
Napoli with that one game extra 10, which is going to be tight. I think it'll depend how both sides start. Maurizio Sarri was in fairly jokey mood, really, about how they might ask UEFA to try and start the game on the 21st minute because City start games so well and so impressively <laughs> with so many early goals. But yeah, I think it'll depend how they cope and how City cope with the atmosphere at the Stadio San Paolo. Of course, they haven't got such a big game after this one. They go to Kievo at the weekend. They went. They were facing Inter the game after Manchester City in the first game, which they certainly had an eye on. Uh, I mean, we expect them to play their strongest eleven and put Alan and Jorginho in midfield this time, right? Yeah, I think so. Certainly, that's what Guardiola expects. He said he expects Jorginho to play. They both played in the last game against Sassuolo. Bruce Mertens, Insignia and Callaghan, that dangerous front line as well. Mertens with three goals in the last two games. So that'll be the same. But yeah, I think you're right. I'd expect Jorginho and Alan to play two of the players that Guardiola singled out as danger men tomorrow night. Uh, Jonathan, thank you. Look forward to your company tomorrow. Jonathan Beck will be our commentator for Napoli, Manchester City, Shakhtar, Feyenoord in the same group there. Group E, Liverpool after beating Maribor 7-0, host them at Anfield, Sevilla 5-0. They lost to Spartak. They host them next. And on Group G, uh, Besiktas host Monaco in the early kickoff. Leipzig go to Porto after their weekend defeat to Bayern. Uh, let's get some man of the matches then. Andy will get yours from all the other games, but let's start with John uh, Bradley commentating on Celtic Bayern man of the match from that one I'll have to give it to David Alaba sensational goal saving clearance in the first half and set up the winning goal and he was brilliant throughout good shout Mike Shaw man of the match from Roma Chelsea I could have a guess at who you're going to go for here yeah you're probably going to be right I, I thought Daniel De, Daniele De Rossi played really well tonight but it has to go to Stefan El Shirawi his goal at the beginning set the tone and he was decisive again to make it 2-0 so Stefan El Shirawi okay Mike thank you very much Andy from all the other games you've got to pick one player <laughs> sorry mate but anyone spring to mind on this occasion it's very very easy it has to be Ibrahim Sehic, the Karabakh goalkeeper tremendous save throughout but right at the end to deny Nico Gaetan and get his team a second point of Atletico. Love it. I knew it would be a Carabag player for you. I had faith in you, Andy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, that's all we have time for on UEFA Champions League match day live on a night that saw two teams become the first teams to secure their places in the round of 16. Bayern confirmed their passage with that hard-fought victory at Celtic Park including a late Javi Martinez strike to edge the victory. The Germans Group B rivals Paris Saint-Germain also qualified for the next round after another thumping group stage victory, this time 5-0 at home to Anderlecht. In our other feature game, Roma eased past Chelsea to go to the top of Group C, as Atletico were incredibly held to a 1-1 draw at home by Azerbaijan debutants Karabag. Elsewhere, there were wins for Manchester United and Tieska Moskva, Barcelona, Juve, Atletico all held to draws. Join us again from 1930 CET on Wednesday. We have commentary of Spurs against Real Madrid at Wembley and extended updates of Napoli versus Manchester City. Uh, but until then, from Andy Brassel, John Bradley, Mike Sewell and myself, Rob Daly, it's goodbye. Now it's forward towards Edin Dzeko. Might fall on the edge of the area. What a finish! What a fantastic finish by Stefan El Shirawi. And here is the ball forward, and Bayern could find a way through. Gordon's gone from home, and it's in the back of the net from Kingsley Coleman. Oh, Chelsea leave it, it's pushed through, it's 2-0. And guess who scored again? Stefan El Shirawi. There'll be an inquest in the Chelsea defence. And here comes the chance, and Celtic are level. And the finish was by Callum McGregor.
Dalaba to the byline on the left-hand side. He's crossed left-footed. Javi Martinez! Wonderful header! Perotti infield, 25 metres out! Whoa, that's a great finish by Diego Perotti! And that surely is going to send Roma top of Group C! You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.